Red Business with Jonathan Healy. Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Lots to come on this episode of Red Business, but we're going to begin with one of Cork City's best-loved visitor attractions that has a new CEO. He's had a pretty remarkable journey after starting his career in EMC before moving to the charity sector. He spent 18 years with Troker, and now he is at the helm of Nano Nagel Place, which itself has a remarkable history. John Smith, how are you? Very good, Jonathan. Thanks very much, and thanks for the very warm welcome. It's lovely to talk to you. Now, you have had quite the journey. What were you doing with Troker, I suppose, is the, the, the place I'll start? Very, very good, yeah. I suppose uh, I started off in Troker uh, as a development education officer, So, and that was something that I had a real passion for. I had gone back after I uh, finished up in EMC. I had gone back and did a master's, and it was primarily in um, it was in social science but I've really focused in on development education so development education for for um, you not everyone is familiar with development education it is focused on education on international issues so it looks for ways of raising awareness um, in particular with young people about global issues whether it's climate justice poverty all of those kinds of issues so that's where I started and and I moved through many roles then I, I, I really had a privileged uh, I suppose, aspect of my career in Throker. I moved through many roles. I was in education and then I went into campaigning, which was all about campaigns on issues, whether it was overseas development aid, whether it was uh, climate justice, whether it was issues related to Palestine, really interesting stuff. And then I suppose, Jonathan, I moved into management um, and went more into, uh, I suppose, I, I managed our, our outreach area, which then uh, kind of moved into areas around our volunteer program. And then for the past five years, I was on the executive leadership team. So I suppose with other directors responsible for the overall running of the charity and my area then expanded into public engagement, which included comms and media and so on. So I've been blessed. I've had a, a really interesting career in, in Troker. Mm. Social inclusion, I suppose, is, is what Troker is all about. And and when you look at that, Nagel place as it is now is it's it's kind of similar isn't it i mean i know that uh, perhaps it, it doesn't have the same uh, starting point as throker but ultimately it's it's about bringing people in and that's what the nano Nagel center was always about Absolutely, Jonathan. Yeah, and it's one of the things that really, I suppose, attracted me to the role in the first place. You know, when I when I saw the role being advertised, it immediately kind of I connected with it. And it, like you said, because of those principles, because of those values around social inclusion, and yeah, it very much is a very similar approach to Trocra. You know, where you know you take the view of empowerment that those you're supporting, you know, um, can help themselves, and it is very much an empowerment model. And although say in Trocra. There was a wider kind of an international perspective because Trokra works in 18 countries around the world. Nananagel Place, no less, has has more of a local perspective, obviously, in the work it does in Cork. But it has that global kind of, I suppose, kind of principle in that it's about those far-reaching ideas, empowerment, social inclusion. And obviously, we li- in Ireland now, we live in a very diverse you know, Ireland is very, very diverse and um, the people that Nananagel Place supports, you know, are people, many, most people living in Cork, but that come from all over the world. So, and in a sense, like because Nananagel Place is a charity, um, that is all about social justice. That's one of the things that really attracted to me uh, about the role, you know. Now, it may shock you, John, but there are those listening who still haven't been inside the door of it, even though it's been open since, what, 2017. Yeah. Tell us about what people get when they walk across the threshold. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it is really, I, I think it is a quite unique and special place within our own city here in Cork. You come in, so when you enter, as you said, across the threshold, you come into our design shop and that is all locally um, uh, sourced uh, design gifts, you know, prints, uh, lots of different things um, that you can get uh, as you as you arrive first in the shop. But it's really then as you walk up the steps and enter the site, three and a, three and a half acres of what is, um, as I said, a really unique site. Just to the left, you'll have the Cork Bookshop, and that is the enter, entry point to our museum, which in 2022, again, many people may not know, but our, our museum in 2022 got the EU Council Museum Museum of the Year from across Europe. So, and of course, our museum tells the story of Nananagle, a pioneering woman from the 18th century who really looked to um, provide education to Catholic boys and girls at a time when there were penal laws, when when they weren't meant to be getting education. So, so that inspiration then I think is infused right throughout the site. I mean, the site is absolutely beautiful. As I said, three and a half acres you know, of of um, beautiful nature. And then we have the award-winning cafe, um, uh, the Good Day Deli, um, which is here on site as well. And then we have the cemetery where Nana Nagel's tomb is. And it's the whole, I think, experience that people gain by coming to the site is a sense of space as well and a sense of mm. a site that, you, you know, people can come and reflect and take a bit of time out. I suppose we have to talk about the business of it as well. Is it hard to turn a shilling from something like that? Because it is a museum. Uh, yes, you've got your on-site amenities such as the cafe and the bookshop and the art centre. But ultimately, you have to make money from it as well. It is a hard uh, business you're in, John. That's right. No, you're absolutely right, Jonathan. I mean, uh, what is important to remember is Nananagle Place is a charity. It's set up as a charity. So the income we would derive from some of the, the buildings we lease. So, for example, we lease uh, buildings. One of the buildings here is the UCC uh, College of Architecture and MTU College of Architecture. We, we'd lease that out as well as leasing the cafe out. And then we have income that comes in through the shop and through the museum. But um, but it is a challenge then, of course, to fund all of the social justice work, the charity work that we do, our charity, for example, the, the work that we do through our Lantern Project and the work that we do through the Cork Migrant Centre. But it is one of the things that I'm going to be doing, Jonathan, in my tenure here. I am going to look to diversify our income streams, to look at other ways of bringing in an income to fund the charity. And I think that is, you know, this is an, an exciting phase for us in Ananagle Place as we move into this kind of looking ahead to be more sustainable into the future but it is um, as I said it is a charity and it is uh, I think something that Cork people are very proud of and I'm quite excited about the opportunities of diversifying our income streams and looking ahead to the future with that kind of optimism you know Well if you haven't been uh, do make sure you, you trot down if not for the bookshop and the museum definitely uh, for the Good Day Delhi, which is a wonderful wonderful place John Smith we wish you the Absolutely. best of luck in your new role as CEO of Nano Nagel Place and thanks for talking to us on Red Business Thanks so much, Jonathan. Thank you. Storytelling is something we learn about from a very early age, but how important is it to the success of a business? Now, in Ireland, we like to pride ourselves on being able to spin a good yarn, but it's different when you're trying to turn that yarn into a successful brand. Trisha Norton is a consultant and a customer success manager who helps businesses become successful storytellers. Trisha, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. You're preaching to the converted here now, I can tell you, because I think that uh, this is so important for any business. How did you get into this space? 
I suppose uh, I've always loved stories. I read voraciously as a kid, um, but I came back to storytelling in my mid-twenties when I, I suppose I was going through a time when I really wanted to understand more about myself and the world. And so stories were the way that I, I learned to do that. And I went back and I, I studied um, creative writing in Trinity and I went on to study many more things alongside lots to do with the human psyche and emotions and I became a yogi and all of that good stuff. So it all kind of interwove together to, um, to show me how, how stories are ways that we can see ourselves in others. And, and it's a real and physical neurochemical way that we bond to others as well now you just threw the yogi thing in there and I'm going to have to come back to it in a minute uh, but let's let's stick with storytelling for now I always say to a business that the most difficult question that someone could ask them is what do you do because inevitably mm. that absolutely paralyzes them with fear even though they do what they do every single day trying to encapsulate that in a sentence proves to be almost beyond them mm-hmm it is. And there's two ways of going about that. There's there's a way of, of figuring out who you are, but then you can also figure out your, your who your client are, is or who you're, who you're pitching to and trying to understand their core needs. And then you can work the story backwards to suit that. Um, when you deal with customers and you deal with businesses, what are the main problems they have when it comes to their storytelling? Um. Two, one is we, our brains are kind of trained for logic over stories. Um, and the second, the second one is um, that they don't actually know how to construct stories or, or they have so much to say, they don't know how to, how to um, I suppose, wind it into a narrative arc, which is that you know, age-old story arc that we see used to build stories on. So I think it's a really simple set of skills and also a new lens that you need to look at your business through. And I suppose that's how I help people is put on that new lens and then give them the skill set to actually create those stories um, depending on their audience and situation. Mm. Are, are founders the worst offenders here? Because they've been involved in the story <laughs> from the very start and they'll have made the mistakes and they'll know the things that haunt their dreams and they know the things they're good at, but they have so much information that they find it hard to get out. Is it easier when you've got somebody who's come into a business uh, they'll have a little more clarity than perhaps the founder might have. Yeah. You know, the thing about uh, stories is that they're full of emotions. And, and if you are the founder, that's a pretty big story that you have to tell and you want to pack in a lot of um, a lot of punch in that story. So sometimes when founders create stories, they can be a bit uh, dense and it's hard to hear the message. So having that clarity and someone that can step back and say, okay, for this specific audience, for this specific task or investor, we're going to focus on this specific story. And so, and that really comes from someone who's a little more detached and a a little, um, yeah, I suppose more fine tuned with the direction the story is going. Mm. Um, Tone is very important as well. You have to set the right tone um, and and, and people sometimes mightn't necessarily know what that is. Do you help them get to that? Yeah, well, tone is really matching what your audience want to hear or need to hear. And it's really anticipating their um, their needs, their desires, their fears. And so if your tone um, 
you know scratches that or, or goes against that it will it won't resonate and it will have a backlash and so yeah absolutely tone is am I speaking the language of my audience am I addressing their fears and needs mm. and that is absolutely something that I help with yeah let's go back to the yogi thing I, I can't leave it out there mm. without asking the question um, <laughs> it, it, it's obviously you're not a bear uh, so we can establish that uh, and I, I apologize in advance for having offended you but what is a yogi <laughs> Well, it's just it's just someone who 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 practices yoga, you know. Um, I suppose understanding storytelling at the beginning led me uh, to understand that I needed to understand the human, you know. I needed to understand the the power of emotions, and so yoga is uh, obviously thousands of years old, um, and it's a specific way of helping us sit with ourselves understand ourselves and um and in that it has amplified my ability to see that in others and see what others need what others are trying to articulate um and it's yeah and so they they merge together in a really interesting way Mm. Uh, you sound very calm and and, and you have a lovely calming (laughs) tone to your voice and i know you've run a number of yoga retreats as well do you get stressed trisha i mean i'm presuming like everybody else things will happen from time to time to get into your head but do you have a bit of training then that that gets you through it easier than perhaps i would I mean, there's a reason I, I went into this work was because I was a ball of stress and it was a matter of necessity, right? You know, like what's happening nowadays is that we, we live in the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight space. And, you know, in age old times when an antelope was was running from a lion, the antelope would uh, kick in its fight or flight response and then it would, it would when it gets away, it would, it would regulate itself through a, a thing called a, a tremor release. And so if we look at, at ourselves like humans um, as the antelopes and the lion is actually, you know, a mortgage we might not be able to pay, you know, someone sick in the family or you know, work in multiple jobs or whatever it is, we actually don't know how to regulate ourselves uh, and we're so we're running in this sympathetic nervous system, and we really ne- don't get a chance to to head head into the parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest. And so we're really walking around in chronic stress, and this is one of the underlying factors for for severe illness. Um, and so it was a matter of of compulsion. I just was like, this needs to be done for me, but also if I can pass this on to other people and help them you know, regulate into more balanced states, then it'll be people who can be more balanced in the world, in business, making decisions from the heart, from a more clear-minded space and, and not from someone who's trying to outrun something, you know. So, yeah, it's it's very powerful work and I apply it, I apply it every day for myself so that I can show up as a more balanced human and, and, and you know, more heart-centred in the world. Trisha, it's a fascinating story and you tell it so well, which uh, I, I would expect from someone in, in your business. I, I feel camera having spoken to you anyway. If you're looking for more information, the website, trishanorton.ie. Trisha, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us on Red Business. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We always like to welcome new businesses in Cork here on Red Business. So a big welcome and congratulations to the CEO of Cantech Group, Greg Tuey, who along with Canon Ireland is opening the new Canon Business Centre Munster in Cork. Greg, how are you? I'm really well, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. It's lovely to talk to you. What exactly are you going to be doing in said Canon Business Centre Munster? We are going to be promoting managed print uh from the manufacturer of Canon equipment, um, through mainly through Cork, but also around the wider province of Munster. 
Right. And, and, and again, because I'm not involved in the printing world, what will that mean for me as a customer? Well, I mean, well, if you work um, in, in, in any business, I suppose, um, what we do is uh, we provide printers uh, on a business-to-business basis. And we manage the whole process of, you know, providing service and your toner cartridges and monitoring how much printing is done by individuals and departments, etc. And we do that for companies of all shapes and sizes around the country, um, but primarily in Munster. Now, of course, it used to be the case whereby a fellow like yourself would be delighted. The more people print, the better. Uh, that's more ink, more paper being shifted. But there is there is a change, isn't there? Because we can do a lot more. And a lot of your clients probably want to print a little bit less. Yeah, I'm, I joke with my team here. We're, we're a bit like turkeys voting for Christmas. Um, we actually encourage actively encourage our customers to, to print less because that's what they want to do. Printing is inherently an, an unsustainable um process if you like um, so while it's our bread and butter um, we actively encourage customers to print less and um, we do that by providing them with controls and giving them transparency over you know who's printing what and what department is is, is printing the most and the least etc and um, so what we rely on is just by grabbing more market share and by um, making our customers more efficient in, in how they print and uh, how they handle documents. Yeah. There is, of course, a national digital strategy as well that the government is rolling out. You guys are, are, are part of that. So how is that working? How's that working? So um, we have part, another part of our business is called Smart Office. So Smart Office is the software onto our business. And what that focuses on is helping people with their digital transformation. So our um, flagship product, I suppose, in Smart Office is an accounts payable automation product, which helps people um, automate the mundane tasks of, you know, matching invoices and um, credit notes and statements and the amounts and purchase orders, all that kind of thing. Um, so we do quite a bit of that around Munster and, of course, the rest of the country as well um, under the roof of Cantec Group. Okay. Now, w- when you talk about the idea of turkeys voting for Christmas, uh, it is a reality, though, um, that, that people used to print too much. And sometimes we have new digital tools. So you marrying both here. You're, you're saying, yes, we still need to print a certain amount of things, but we don't need to print everything. And we have a whole toolkit over here of fancy little shiny things that you can use on dashboards and on computers and on tablets. That means everybody gets to share it without having a hard copy. So you're kind of you're riding two horses here, are you? We are absolutely yeah, sitting on, <laughs> sitting on the fence in a big way. Um, yeah, so I mean, primarily our business is to provide the machines that print, um, and people still need to print. People still need to hold a document in their hand to be able to, you know, discuss topics. And so we never get away from that, or at least it's going to take another few years before we do completely. Although when you when you look at the <clears throat> the next generation, they print far less than the than the current ones who are in management positions, yeah. and that's fine because you know the future for our business is you know software as much as it is hardware, and um, those particular products which help automate the, the you know the mundane processes in in, in businesses. Um, which is something that we're really good at. I, I'm still traumatised by a, a lecture I gave uh, last year in UCC where I asked the students present, had they ever uh, read a newspaper? And no hand went up. None of them had ever read a paper. And I felt so old so quickly. But Greg, you're here to help me now navigate this. How can people find out more about Cantec Group if they want to look up the new Canon Business Centre in Munster? Well, we've got a whole load of uh, <laughs> websites. There's uh, cantecgroup.ie. 
Um, and there's Canon Business Center Munster.ie as well. So you can you can choose what's your uh, your your favorite there. Okay. Um, or look up SmartOffice.ie also. Very good. You'll, you'll find them all everywhere. Greg, we wish you and the team at Contact the best of luck. Thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us. Great to talk to you, Jonathan. Thank you. And that's it from this episode of Red Business. Thank you so much for listening. Fiona Corcoran was the producer. And as always, we will catch you on the next one. Get the Red Business podcast every week with Jonathan Healy at redfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts.